Welcome to the Real Pill Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loizel. And with me today is my co-host. Mark Salcedo. Checking the levels again. <laughs> <laughs> Managing editor and writer at ScreenGeek. Oh, I didn't show you that video. Where's the video? There's a video that camera, uh, Cadence, I'm sorry. There's a thing that Cadence always texts. Mm. It's supposed to be anime related. It's like uwu or some shit. That's what's called uwu? Yeah. Okay. Uwu. But there was an uwu challenge. Okay. So there's a bunch of really ditzy looking girls going uwu. Right? And then the very last one mm-hmm. is a guy throwing up going. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I was cracking up all day yesterday. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, that's that's no. You know, I, I I was thinking it was like that's not funny. But then again, earlier today, um, that guy Barbosa he posted something on Instagram where it's a guy like <laughs> putting cologne on himself. Like, yeah, you know, this is how this is how many times you spray cologne, right? And he does it like seventeen times and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And it's cut to <laughs> this guy goes and he goes. Hey, let me show you this lighter. Oh my <laughs> god! It's it's, so, it's it's just as if not more ridiculous than your whole. <laughs> and I'm just laughing for like five minutes. Yeah, laughing and then remembering it and laughing just as hard again an yeah, hour later. I, I did that, and and the, what made it even sadder is because I'm so bored at work that you know I'll sit in the bathroom and just kind of like sit in the toilet and mess around my phone so i'm on the toilet just laughing my ass off because i was so bored at work yeah yeah you know what i have to say about that what you who would soon rule the world allow a ghost to frighten you <laughs> at least that's what i tell the cat yeah no, that's not something like it's something that a cat would hear like what well he's not looking at us now he's been up us? on that fucking cat tree all day well, he's had a he's had a hard life. It's a hard life for a cat. It's hard out here for what? a cat. You know how Pocket mm. comes to you when you're not feeling well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't do that for me. Well, he has stayed far away from me. Well, today. you need to you need to feel well a whole lot more so he can get that energy. You need mm. to be like contemplating suicide. Ah. Mm. Okay. On a daily basis. Okay. Hourly. Sixty percent of the time. <laughs> All the time. You can find us on Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal, two E's in real, and you can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. If you could please review us on iTunes, and then we will get noticed. Um, our segments this week are the news, our recent review of The Tragedy of Macbeth, Variety Time, where critics weigh in on their safety, and uh, our geriatric cinematic of Throne of Blood. What's the topic? Uh, good news, you'll be king. Bad news, murder everyone. Ah. Everyone. You know, I keep... It's it's throne of blood, but my brain automatically wants to go to thorn of blood. Mm-hmm. Like, even as you're reading it, I was like, oh, it's thorn of blood. Yeah, but your brain just works like that anyway. <sighs> you're, like, almost dyslexic. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. I hate my brain. Okay. <laughs> you're like yes <laughs> uh what's in the news um 
it looks like the settlement between Disney and the writers of Predator have been resolved. Um, there was a copyright dispute going on between uh, Disney's 20th Century Studio um, and the writers of Predator. I can't remember, I don't believe I put the name down. What is wrong with me? <laughs> what is wrong with me? Anyway. The name of what? The the. <laughs> name of the writers for predator the, the thomas brothers is it the thomas brothers they they, they wrote the screenplay hunters in 1984 and oh okay I, I, for some reason i thought i saw that it would it would have been at the beginning of the news story but i'm being stupid anyway <laughs> all right your so, brain again i know my brain network anyway so according to uh uh i think it was rudders or rooters however you want to call it writers i i say that's Reuters. Like, is it Reuters? because i've heard people call it rooters it's Reuters. Okay, Reuters. Okay. So according to Reuters... Um, that sounds it, wrong. What? It sounds like Reuters. Reuters. Oh, I get the mad-ass Reuters. Fuck. <laughs> um, so this dispute uh, finally had ended as recently as last Wednesday th- at a L.A. federal court. Um, so the Thomas brothers, um, their attorney, Mark uh, Toporoff, Toporoff of Toporoff and so- Association, said in the... E- went e- the yeah. Said in the email on Wednesday, all the parties voluntarily dismissed their claims following an amicable resolution of the matters in the dispute. Um, so, because like I think I remember this started a couple years ago. Okay, so the brothers who had originally wrote the screenplay and it was actually called Hunters in '84. Um, it was bought by 20th Century Fox uh, in '86 and therefore it became Predator. So the brothers sued the studio in San Francisco last year, alleging it had wrongly rejected their attempt to terminate its rights in the script. Um, it, it pretty much it said the brothers claimed that the new Predator works would simply require a license from them, allowing them to uh, at long last uh, participate in the financial rewards of their creation. Because there's been there's Predator Two, there's uh, Alien vs. Alien versus Predator One and Two, there was Predators. And then the Predator, mm. uh, you know the very very creative titles like the for really this movie. Good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there's only been like really one good Predator. I mean, Predators is Predators pretty good. I say Predators and maybe second. No, I take the back. I'm sorry. Predator, best one. Predator two, second, and then Predators third. Everything else is just hot garbage. Um, so it looks like, and like I said, they they had. Um, how it goes is that the brothers claim... Oh, okay. So they uh, they emphasize that they wrote the screenplay on spec with no guarantee of comp- uh, compensation or input from the studio. Um, so, like, yeah, they were trying to do this, especially because it says that the U.S. Copyright Act allows creators to terminate copyright transfers and reclaim their work after 35 years in some circumstances. You know, because the first predator came out in 84 i guess they tried to make their move to be like hey like can we please start getting paid for like everything you guys do because they're like predator comic books uh licensing like with merchandise video games all that shit you know and then like there's a there's a new predator movie that's being worked on right now by dan trachtenberg i think um so that would that would also fall outside the bounds of the agreement yeah yeah um so in retaliation 20th century sued the brothers in los angeles on the same day arguing the notice was premature and ineffective it also it also said it had been invested substantial time and money to, into developing the latest installment in the, in the franchise so 
my guess, because I believe they already stopped shooting. I think the productions already ended on the recent, the most newest uh, Predator movie. Uh, it seemed like it didn't halt production so much, but I'm sure if it got any further, like, you know, it would have been some serious issues or whatever. But, I mean, it's, it's just a case of, like, the creators are like, hey, like, can we please get money for, like, the shit that we created that you guys were, like... Which they you know? should have done anyway. Yeah, it's... it's That's it's, real it's, shitty. Like, I know you yeah. want to make a lot of money, but you could have given them something over the years. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of goes back into, like, kind of what's going on with, like, um, Marvel, Marvel Studios and their creators and the creators of these comic book characters. That's, like, they're making billions of dollars on right now. That the creators aren't getting anything, but in a way, it's just, like, you guys kind of made a bit a bad business deal, and you know it's hard because yeah. if you think about yourself yeah. and if you were making something yeah how can you make a good business deal when you've never really made business with anyone before yeah that's true plus like a struggling artist you're trying to get as much money mm-hmm. as you can to like to keep on your craft and stuff like that so you're like like that reminds me of um james cameron uh james cameron eventually like sold the rights of terminator because he was like almost like broke mm. and there's like multiple like terminator movies now now he's like a big player in hollywood i'm sure he's pulled enough weight he can be like yo i want this to happen now which he did with uh what's genesis i think yeah i think so no dark fate it was dark Dark fate Fate. yeah dark fate i think i think he actually did work on genesis 2 and on dark fate and those were both trash (laughs) you want to hear something funny that's not on the docket about copyright that i read right before we got on Hmm. apparently Someone tried buying an a really early copy of Dune. Oh, I read that article. Go on, go on. Oh, I, I think I, they, I don't know why I didn't put it in there. Yeah, but go on, go on, go on. Yeah, they go. bought it for like two point six six million pounds. Yeah, which I think is like one point three million American dollars or something like that. Yeah. So. Go on. <laughs> they seem to think that because they just bought an early copy of the book they somehow yeah. own the copyrights it wasn't even an early copy they thought it was one of the because there's there's supposedly there's only 45 physical copies of Hodorowski's do like the um essentially like the bible mm-hmm. the dune bible that he was going to make all the art uh uh what's it called storyboards script ideas all, all this kind of stuff and yeah they like bought it they're like hey we bought the book that means we own the right <laughs> Jesus shit. <laughs> and you know what's funny? You can actually look at the you can actually look what's in the book online. Like there like I think last year someone like dropped a link that was like, oh here's the book. If you want to like read it, it's right here. <laughs> um yeah, I I, I I think I read about that like last night. I was like, oh my god, so fucking stupid. Yeah. Um I, I remember hearing that they announced that like, oh yeah, since we own rights, we're gonna go to Netflix, we're gonna make an animated <laughs> series, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, and people were just like no. No, bro. That's not how copyright works. If that was the case, I'm going to make the next James Baldwin movie. <laughs> <laughs> I have a copy of Dune. Yeah, why don't you make Dune? What are you doing here on this <laughs> shitty-ass podcast? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we got next? There is a Degrassi revival series mm-hmm. that is being ordered by HBO Max. It is called Next Generation, and it's going to stream in spring. Um so HBO Max has greenlit the series, and it's a 14-season library of Degrassi, The Next Generation. Um, it's going to be available for streaming on their platform this spring. Mm. Um, I don't know why it says it's the new teen and family series, but it's not new. It's just like I rebooted, know, yeah. but whatever. 
Yeah. Um, it's from Wild Brain and showrunners Lara as a party who did backstage the bold type and Mary kills people and Julia Cohen, um, who did Riverdale, a million little things and the Royals. Um, they're going to be working on it, Mm -hmm. um, as showrunners and they are going to include 10 hour long episodes. Um, and it's going to launch in the U S exclusively on HBO in 2023. So the next generation is, is is actually old. Yeah. That's yeah. That's just the, the grassy series that's been around. What so fourteen seasons? Is it so? But isn't it called like Degrassi, and then is Degrassi Next Generation? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Yeah, because I think Degrassi came out in like the eighties or nineties. Oh, did it come out that long ago? Yeah. Damn. And then the Next Generation came out in like twenty ten around there, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me maybe see. Maybe a little bit earlier than that. Uh, no, no, it started in two thousand. Wow! Holy shit! Okay, Degrassi. Okay, yeah, so it started as the kids of Degrassi. Oh, my God, it's that old. How old? 1979. Oh, okay. Went to 86, and then Degrassi Junior High, 87 to 89. Then Degrassi High, 89 to 91. Next Generation, 2001 to 2015. Next Class, 2016 to 2017. Now there's a new one coming out. It's just called Degrassi. So they should just probably not. (laughs) Nobody's watching that shit. I know. <laughs> I um. I, I saw. I had saw this announcement on Twitter, and I was like, "So you're just saying Euphoria season three? <laughs> um. So it's going to be produced by Wild Brain Studios and developed by Azapardi and Cohen. Um. They're also going to serve as executive producers, mm. and filming will take place in Toronto in 2022 during the summer. Um. I remember watching. There was a girl I was dating who was into into Degrassi, and we 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 would watch it together. I barely remember anything of it because I think it was like high most of the time while watching it. The, I remember the only time I ever really watched it was in seventh or eighth grade reading class. Oh, really? Yeah, because they want you to learn how to like deconstruct a story, like mm. get the main important points. Yeah, but it was like she would hand out a piece of paper and we would mm-hmm. read there's like four or five questions on it yeah and you have to answer those questions as you're watching the show really yeah okay yeah we did i i didn't do any of that in in school but that's all. the only time i watched degrassi it wasn't by choice yeah i think like um i think when the girl and i were the girl the girl who was dating and i were watching degrassi um i think i think it was on nickelodeon at that time they had already like adapt they didn't adapt it they were just showing reruns and stuff like that mm-hmm. that had been on television and everything um i do remember i i honestly do remember watching the episodes where uh drake was on oh really yeah because <laughs> i i remember being like that kid looks funny in the wheelchair <laughs> in the wheelchair he's the one that i'm kind of weirded out by the fact that he was an actor first i didn't know that until like a couple days ago. That's kind of like the whole Will Smith thing. Yeah. Like how you know he was a rapper first. Before he <laughs> yeah, it's Will Smith, but backwards. Yeah, <laughs> it's the opposite. Yeah, I know. Um, I wonder if it, I would have to guess that Drake is going to get on this as well. Because he's on Euphoria. He's like uh, one of the producers on Euphoria. Mm-hmm. And I figured like. Is he really? No, he's one of the producers of. Uh, I think. Oh, I think I knew that, but I forgot. I think him and like Future are like both producers. Okay. Um, 
So I would. I, I would think he's too busy worrying about everyone concerned about how much hot sauce he puts in his condoms. <laughs> for him to be on a show, he's like, no, I gotta, I gotta, you know, quash these things. Or <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fight these paternity suits. That's not my kid. <laughs> I put hot sauce in my shit. <laughs> um, supposedly, yeah, the kid didn't come out red. I know right? from the hot sauce, so it's not mine. <laughs> supposedly, that's a supposedly that's actually a myth. But it's like wild enough to be like that's that's totally that's like one I'm of those sure, myths, like, like something some it sounds like something a man would do like I'm gonna put this hot sauce in here. Yo, if if I if, and, instead I, of going to the store uh-huh. and buying like things over the counter like mm. spermicide, yeah. Well, I mean that's like known to fucking kill it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you, um. But that, I mean, that's like, let's make sure. Like, instead of like using a fly swatter, let's use a machine gun. <laughs> I would argue that the spermicide is the machine gun because it's made specifically for that. That is true. But there have been, sto- there have been plenty of stories where the condom broke and it didn't work. Or he work could do a- both. He probably, if, I mean, well, look, I'm going to go talk to Drake. I'm going to ask him, <laughs> I'm going to ask him, did he use spermicide in his condom? <laughs> And they gave him a certain Actually, a lot of too. condoms already come with spermicide. Yeah, but I'm sure. I mean, I I'm not gonna lie. If I was him, if this is true, if I was him, I'd do the same thing. I, I put. I would actually. I just no. Actually, I just throw it in the, I'd flush it in the toilet. There you go. And take a video of me flushing in the toilet in case somebody says anything. Be like, nope. Oh, t- <laughs> I would just take that shit with me. Well, he was, supposedly it was his place or his hotel or whatever. Yeah, but he left her there alone. I would just take that shit with I me. I know. Well, if anything. I'm like I'm not mad at him for doing that. It's just that woman was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get my, I'm gonna get paid." You know, try to sh- grab it and shove it in there and everything. But like, that's what you get. <laughs> Play some bitch ass games. <laughs> it's probably a myth though. <laughs> it's too realistic to be a myth. I know this. We're talking about the, we're talking supposed to be talking about film and TV news. We're talking about <laughs> Degrassi's birth control practices. I wouldn't be surprised be if it jerks. showed up on Degrassi. On Degrassi. <laughs> <laughs> As part, like part of an episode. <laughs> no. Yo, man, she's pregnant. Did you put hot sauce in your shit? I forgot. <laughs> Look, tapatio doesn't work. You have to get the Louisiana hot sauce. No, Louisiana hot sauce is mainly like vinegar. I think tapatio or that with that el el churro or something like that. Cholula. Yeah, the cholula or get the get the the, the cock sauce. Valentina. Like, yeah. <laughs> Just put it in fire. Yeah. Put it in fire. Put it in fire. Get a lighter. <laughs> <laughs> Burn your future up. Rinse it out in the sink. No, you gotta no. I'll rinse it out with gasoline. <laughs> My God. Anyway, <laughs> so what's what, what? All right, we're done talking about Drake's sperm. sperm. Yeah, gross. All right, so what's up next? Next, we're gonna do our recent review of the tragedy of Macbeth. By the pricking of my thumbs. Something wicked this way comes. My husband. King that shall be. If we should fail. We fail. Didst thou not hear noise? Methought I heard a voice cry, sleep no more. Ah! 
Are you a man? Ah, and a bold one. That dare look upon that which might appall the devil. A Scottish lord becomes convinced by a trio of witches that he will become the next king of Scotland and his ambitious wife supports him in his plans of seizing power. That's the synopsis. I should have said that first. <laughs> <laughs> Directed and written by Joel Cullen. It stars Denzel Washington, Frances McDormand, Bertie Carvel, Alex Hassel, Brendan Gleeson, Corey Hawkins, and Harry Melling. I heard that. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, Tragedy of Macbeth. Totally original material. No one's ever talked. No one has ever done anything like this at all. Mm. You know, I've never heard the name Macbeth. I've never even heard the word tragedy. That's how original this shit is. Yeah. They cre- you know, I think Joe Cohen is a, is a really amazing writer that he essentially created like a whole new language. Yeah, definitely. Truly, truly powerful. Mm-hmm. Shakespeare, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the tragedy of Macbeth... Um, Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and bear the lead. I knew I was gonna like this because it's a twenty four production, like mm. straight up. And uh, Joe Cohen, the other half of the Cohen brothers, you know, I normally enjoy their material. So uh, the fact that this is um, one of the brothers like solo material because they're always working together. I don't think they've ever. I don't believe they've ever worked apart in anything. Maybe mm. like maybe one will show up as a producer. But as in terms of like directing and writing, they're always like a team. Um, so it's kind of like the dude's kind of going out on his own. But mind you, like he's been making films since like the eighties. So it's like you know, it's got it kind of reminds me of like the Wachowski siblings. Like they were always working together. Like can one work well without the other? And the answer is like no. Yeah, um, but in this case, with the tragedy of Macbeth, I also kind of feel like because this basically writes itself, mm-hmm. you can really focus on the directing. And yeah, I think absolutely. He did a great job. On yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and that's what I was going to lead up to. Like the the directing is fucking phenomenal. Like the cinematography is amazing. A lot of the stages, um, it's really it, it's so cool because it's like, and it's very like artful black and white way. Mm-hmm. Like the way how, like the composition, even like the lighting. And even the though way Francis McDormand looks like Willem Oh Dafoe. my god, you would not get <laughs> off that. <laughs> And then of course I was just like, yeah, that's him with a with a wig on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the 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 directing of this movie um, and the way the scenes flowed together too, because they used like yeah like tricks of the camera or some shit to like just go from one scene to the next by like fading or like like it's weird because they're supposed to be separate scenes altogether, but mm-hmm. in a play, if you saw it on a stage, it would be like them side by side like how would you do that yeah yeah exactly um yeah because like it's 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 i can almost it, you can almost say that it's almost like like one continuous shot i mean obviously there's like cutaways and edits and stuff like that but just like the flow of it it's you're just like constantly just like going and going and going it's not moving like at a breakneck speed or anything it just flows so evenly because like at one moment you'll be in the middle of a conversation between two characters and then it'll kind of turn into like this weird dream sequence or like this flashback or something like that. And it doesn't take you out. It doesn't like shift you out. You're just like, oh shit, now I'm like whisked away into like the next scene and shit like that. Mm. Um, what did you what did you think of this movie? Um, I thought it was, like if I was going to put it on a scale of zero to ten, mm-hmm. I'll put it, probably put it out like an eight and three quarters. <laughs> why why the three quarters? 
because it's better than eight and a half, but nine <laughs> is like almost perfect. So, um, okay, valid, valid point. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I really like the fact that, first of all, they cast a black person as the lead and nobody's bitching about it mm-hmm. that I could read. Like, I haven't heard anything yeah. where people are like, oh my God. This yeah. is supposed to be like a old historical play, blah blah blah. Yeah, blah. because it's it for all for all intents and purposes, it's a Scottish play. It's one of the one of the nicknames is it's called it's called a Scottish play. And also, he, I like the fact that uh, Denzel Washington does not even attempt a Scottish accent. No, nah, you can never get rid of that 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 Brooklyn accent he has like period he, he's but stuck with it sometimes that Brooklyn attitude comes out in like the funniest times yeah I remember there there are a couple of times during the dialogue where um uh, this is not a spoiler or anything but he's like say something he said something like gone be you or some shit like that and it's pretty much him saying like yeah, get the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah like that was a case where it was appropriate. Yeah, yeah, like, oh yeah, his, absolutely, his, yeah. There were a couple of times where his accent, like his his like hood accent, came out, and I'm mm. like, that was just out of place, like, <laughs> kind of weird, but okay. Yeah, and like that's the thing. Like none of none of the none of the cast was like, uh, except for like what's his name, um, homeboy who played uh, not McDuff, uh, Brendan Gleeson, the guy who played a D- Duncan. He's a He's an actual like I think he's either Scottish or Irish, but he, he sounded he, Scottish to me. Yeah, he has like a Scottish accent and everything like that. And from from what I can tell, he's like the only one with an actual accent. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't like there's no point in this movie that you're watching like why don't they have accents? It's because the acting is so good. You're just like you're in the story. You're just in it and stuff yeah. like that. Um, what I read that uh, when Joe Cohen thought about like doing this movie, his first choice to play Macbeth, he was just like, well, obviously I'm gonna get Denzel Washington. Like I, well now I'm going to get it, but he wanted Denzel Washington cause he'd been wor- wanted to work with him for years. Mm-hmm. And Denzel Washington is, has been known. I mean, he's a, um, he's been known to do Shakespearean plays. I think he like did a, a long run for like, uh, Othello. Oh, um, I know he's done Hamlet. Uh, but I don't, f- and I know he did do, much ado about nothing uh that was like maybe like 93 94 something like that and that's a that's a shakespeare shakespeare story what i want to say about denzel washington doing this role is that Mm. he's really great Mm. and i I didn't honestly didn't know that he was into shakespeare Mm -hmm. but i also sometimes couldn't tell okay because one he's already a great actor but also Mm. Because sometimes when he was talking, mm-hmm. it sounded like word salad. Because, <laughs> yeah. And not just because of how it's written, but it's yeah. almost like he was putting his inflections in weird places because he couldn't understand what was being said in that scene. So he yeah. just ran with it. Yeah, he tried to like, just like, let's just go, let's, let's go with this. Hit. Let's speed it up or something like yeah. that. Um, yeah. And I, I think I, I kind of felt like i got that from Frances mcdormand as well mm-hmm. when she was kind of doing it like like doing her scenes like um like the part where she like reads the letter from Macbeth, mm-hmm. and she kind of just like kind of just goes off about mm-hmm. like her plan to the point where i was just like wait what is happening i completely forgot where i was at <laughs> <laughs> it's like that it's like that thing where you're like reading a book and you're like reading all these words and everything and your brain goes oh shit i got done with the page i don't know i don't know what i just read <laughs> yeah exactly and then you try reading it again and you can't <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah um other than denzel washington um uh, 
is there anybody that, you, that stuck out for you in terms of uh, performance? Um, kind of not. Re- I kind of like uh, Bertie Carville mm-hmm. as Banquo. Yeah, but honestly, no. Mm-hmm. Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand really stood out the most for me. Gotcha. Um, the one who I mean, other than those two. Corey Hawkins did, I think Corey Hawkins did a pretty good job, but that's cool to towards like maybe in the third act. It seemed like he was really starting to elevate his performance. One person who I was actually not, I was actually surprised to enjoy watching was Alex Hassel. Um, the reason why I say I'm surprised is because he's the dude who plays Vicious in the Cowboy Bebop series. And I fucking hate that, that character in that show. Like mm. it's done so poorly. And here's the thing, like, my complaints on that Cowboy Bebop show was, like, that dude was, like, at a 12, and he needed to bring it down to, like, a 5. And here, he brought it down to, like, a 5 or 6, which I'm like, that's vicious. That is, that's calculated vicious. So it's not his fault. It's got to be the directing. It had to be the directing, yeah. Um, I guess I kind of really liked um, the person that you said, Corey Hawkins, as Macduff. Mm-hmm. I just found his role a little confusing. How do you mean? Because you could tell that he kind of put two and two together, but you couldn't mm. really tell whose side he was on. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, he was just kind of there. Yeah, like, but he was really intense and like kind of yeah. scary in a really stoic kind of way. Yeah, like he kind of seemed evil. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know if I mean because there's there's all these different interpretations of Macbeth, you know, the books and all like different movies and stuff like that even like throne of blood that we're gonna be talking about later but yeah even like like the way how the cory hawk cory hawk and does mcduff he kind of just makes it like a character in the background like he shows up at he shows up at the near the beginning where like the murder happens and everything and he mm-hmm. kind of just like goes away and he kind of like pops up here and there and you're like oh shit i forgot he's in the movie like there's literal times i'm like oh i forgot he cory hawkins is in this movie that's like when people redo fucking king arthur uh-huh. and you know lancelot is a huge part of the story, but yeah. he's only just a regular member of the Knights of the Round Table. Yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. like, why aren't you exploiting that part yeah, of the story? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly that's exactly the point. Um, all right, you want to hop into the? <laughs> We're gonna hop into spoiler section because some people haven't read Macbeth or have never seen the movie, any of the interpretations that's whatsoever. Me. Like, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you want to get but, into the spoiler? What's hold, hold on. Yeah. I think we should post a link to the videos that you sent me. Oh, the... Uh, uh, especially the first two that are like two parts. Oh, the Crash Course videos? Mm-hmm. Okay. But also I wanted to tell you that mm. they showed like old artwork of Macbeth. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys in there that mm-hmm. pl- that pl- like is a depiction of Macbeth looks exactly like the actor from Castle. Yeah, Nathan Fillion? Yes. What? <laughs> Oh shit! I gotta rewatch that video. <laughs> I gotta rewatch it. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely put a link to that. Um, so yeah, we're gonna hop into the spoiler section for, I don't know, a five hundred year old story. Story. If you never heard of Macbeth or anything of it, um, so if you don't want to be uh, spoiled, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. Hi. 
What's up? So where do you want to start with this? Um, all right. So one thing I, I, who did, who was that person? The, um, the one who Joel Cohen got to play the witches. That was an amazing choice. Oh, absolutely. Actually, I should have, I should have mentioned that as part of who stood out for me. Uh, but because there's such a small role, I forgot. But like that, is, I'm like totally amazed. That person's kind of scary. Catherine Hunter. She's the one who did the. She's the one who did the voice of the witches. Uh, Catherine Hunter. Let me see. Oh, she's been in a number of things. Okay, okay. I, I, let me see. I've never seen her in anything that comes off the top of my head. Yeah, she's she's been acting for a while. Um, yeah, her performance as 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 the witch witch or witches was like god damn like, and they like they it it, it, it almost like lends to the idea that like you're kind of entering into like a horror film. Um, not only like how the way it's like shot and shit like that, but the way how she like carries herself and talks and all like this weird kind of stuff. Like at one point she like like pukes up a uh, toe oh yeah no one you're just like oh no it's um a baby's finger no the baby finger is when um where uh when macbeth came to to talk to ask the witches again for like a premonition oh and then she dropped she dropped a pink uh, baby uh toe um so that performance was like fucking phenomenal right mm-hmm. um I, I i i don't see anywhere in imdb like if like she did all the contortions herself or anything like that or if that was just like someone else doing it or like whatever mm. but it was like horrifying but you're it's in a way like you couldn't help but like look at it because you're just like it was a train wreck yeah but like it was unsettling yeah it was unsettling but not enough to like turn away f- yeah from what was going on um there like there's a number of really great shots of like the castle of how Macbeth, Macbeth's castle is, or like the outside, mm-hmm. that I kept thinking like, I want this on my computer. Like I wanted like as a wallpaper. <laughs> I wanted a poster. I wanted like it was like so dope. The whole, the cinematography and how they depicted the different rooms made me think of Monument Valley. Mon. Oh, the uh, like the weird kind of like that puzzle game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And even the music from that game, like it just kind of has the same vibe to mm. me. Let me see who did the cinematography. That shit is. Fucking phenomenal. Uh, Bruno Del Bonel did the cinematography. Wow, he's done a lot of good work. Oh, oh, no wonder. No wonder. So this dude has done work with uh, the Coen Brothers, uh, The Ballad of Buster Scrubs. Scruggs. Yeah, Scruggs, thank you. Um, Inside Lewin Davis. Wow, he's done work on Dark Shadows? Holy shit. Prisoner and uh, Harry Potter and the Half Blooded Prince. Well, I did a lot of great stuff. Faust and that Catherine lady was in Harry Potter as well. Yeah, I, I that's the thing. I, I well, I've only seen like the Harry Potter movies like once, like all of them I've seen them once. So I'm just like, I that's don't. more than me. You haven't seen any of them, have you? I have. Really? I think I've seen the first two. Oh, or, or three maybe, but those are two. those are pretty whack. Are they? Yeah, yeah. Like when you get the prisoner of Azkaban with uh, my homeboy uh, Alfonso Cuarón, oh shit, picks the fuck up. <laughs> um, so and I, 
one thing I the one thing that I love about this movie because I there I've seen other interpretations of Macbeth and they do like they do a pretty good job I think uh, Kenneth Branagh did one or I might be thinking of Hamlet, um, but this one like from what I remember and then even kind of like watching some of these like uh, what's it called like retreading videos and stuff like that so I can't remember what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, do you always get an idea of like what's it called? mysticism like mm-hmm. kind of miss this whole like weird kind of like uh not dreamlike but like there has to be some type of like magic included into the story mm-hmm. and with this one in the tragedy of Macbeth, like joe coleman just like leans hard into it mm-hmm. the whole like like i said the whole with the witches the whole atmosphere how there's mist everywhere mm-hmm. like there's mist in the bedroom <laughs> in the garden <laughs> there's mist <laughs> everywhere I didn't even notice that much. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But I do like um, how they portrayed the in the beginning the weird sisters as just one person. Mm-hmm. And then you see the other two in the reflection of the, oh, in the, lake? the water. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, the mist comes through and then there's three of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That shit was pretty awesome. Um, one thing I, got, I definitely got to get down to is um, that, um, that there's this great great fucking scene and i and i remember this sticking so much out to me when uh from the book is when um Macbeth is like going to kill duncan and he's like he's like looking for a sign you know to like should i go through with this or not and he sees like a uh illuminated like knife or dagger or something like that and he's like you know like oh that's a sign i have to do it right and the way how they sh- they show that in this movie it's it's a door it's a door, door handle. Hand, it's a door handle. Mm. He's like, that's it. And he's like, what? Like, you know, I, I can almost picture Denzel Washington going, like, turning into, like, a Disney musical. Like, is that for me? Should I stab thee? <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird. But, it like, I thought how uh, Joe Cohen conveyed that sh- that particular scene was, like, so fucking dope. Mm. And how... Um, even like leading up to the knife, he had leading up to like killing him. He still had like Macbeth leading up to kill Duncan. He still has so much doubt in his heart. Like, should I do this? Should I not do this or whatever? And he fucking does it, you know? And it's like, it goes into this like trajectory. That's like where a lady Macbeth is like, you got to do this. Like you want to get ahead. You got to fucking do this. Right. Mm. And he's like, no, I don't know if I should do this. I, I Maybe we shouldn't. Right. And then he does it. And he keeps going, and she she starts having remorse. So it's like this weird trajectory of like one's getting crazier. Well, they're both getting crazy, but they're getting crazy in different ways. Yeah, and they're still like like their intensity, right? She yeah. was very sure that this is something that he should do, mm-hmm. and she slowly became less sure. Yeah, and he wasn't sure, and he slowly became more sure about it, and yeah. very like much an asshole. Mm-hmm. And they both were going crazy from the switch. Yeah. Uh, what else? That last fight. Not, not the. Oh, now I remember the Corey Hawkins. Okay, so um, now we're in the spoiler section. So yeah, it wasn't until like <laughs> now we're in the spoilers. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Corey Hawkins' performance didn't like I said it didn't really pick up until getting into the third act after Macbeth like killed his family and everything it was he became more of a presence you know of like oh shit there he, like there he is you know mm. um 
now like we're seeing like his turn into like anger and stuff like that but even though he was like a very angry individual who was like i gotta seek revenge he still came from a place of like like i fight and kill but like i still feel at the same time Mm -hmm. where Macbeth is just like i kill to be brave i I kill to not to be brave but to know of my but to show my bravery exactly show my bravery and shit like that yeah um so it was almost like this you know it's going to be this course of like these two characters who both do the same thing but like they they have different ways of going about it kind of like how you know we just mentioned about the uh Macbeth and Lady Macbeth yeah um uh, what did you think of the uh, second to last battle? Like when Macbeth is fighting that dude <clears throat> in the in the throne room. Fighting which dude again? I don't remember the character's name, but like the guy came at him with a sword and Macbeth didn't have a sword. So he's just like slapping the shit. Out. Oh, yeah. I remember that <laughs> <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was good, but um, kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But like it wasn't meant to be funny funny mm-hmm. i don't think but it, it, it wasn't funny in like a cheap way it was yeah. just like because then again there's his his uh like i don't know his hood attitude coming out again <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean no i get you, I get you. <laughs> but i think that's kind of perfect for this kind of story anyway yeah yeah I, yeah and i mean despite if i mean if you say like his hood attitude stuff like that it still translates into like he like not that he didn't care but he felt invincible that he didn't even have to take the battle serious yeah you know he's just like kind of like just dodging him yeah because he's like look there's no fucking trees coming to my castle no 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 that it was uh no because i remember the trees that the trees that came in but his thing was like oh were you born were you not born of a woman oh and that's why he was like yeah i'm still invincible yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and then of course Corey hawkins came in and he's like i First, I honestly thought for a split second that they weren't going to keep it true to the, to the material because mm-hmm. I just thought like Denzel Washington is just on state is on set like, no, nah, you ain't killing me. <laughs> 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 um, but no, he did die. So I was like, all right, cool, I'm sticking with it because he likes Shakespeare and he don't change that shit. There've been plenty of Shakespearean plays changed around. Yeah, I know that, but you don't change that shit. That's true. Did you know? 10 Things I Hate About You is based off a Shakespearean play? No. I did. But you I want did? you to know that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can't remember. I think it's maybe Much Ado About Nothing. I think. Oh. Anyway. I still love that that movie. Huh? Wait, is that the one that I used to like? That's the one with Heath Ledger. Yeah. And Julia Stiles. Didn't they? Sh- they were in like two different movies together. Or she was in another one that was similar to that called The Prince and Me or some shit. So I always get them confused. I think she was also an Othello that had Mackay Pfeiffer and Josh Hartnett. Yeah. Yeah. So there was one called The Prince and Me that, to me, I get them confused, but I know 10 Things I Hate About You is one that I really liked. The Prince and Me? Let the me Prince see. and Me, yeah. Prince and Me. Oh, yeah. That is. Oh, Jesus. That looks like a bad movie. Was I right, or was I? That's not. A sh- I don't think. I don't believe that's a Shakespearean. That's off of any uh, rent to comedy. Blah, blah blah. I don't. I believe that's not based off any Shakespearean play. Um, yeah, but she was in that, right? Yes, she was in that. Pocket agrees with you. Like, no, he was in that. Watch so ten things I hate about you. You know what? I've actually never seen ten things I hate about you. Really? 
Yeah, because it's one of those movies that came out in the late 90s. That was It's a rom-com. I'm not a rom-com fan. That's why. The reason why I like it is because she's such a fucking bitch. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. The uh, 10 things I had about you is it's based off the taming of the shrew. Oh, okay. Which makes sense why she, she, was, yeah. why she was such a bitch. Yeah, yeah, so it makes sense. It <laughs> totally makes sense. <laughs> um, all right, so the tragedy of Macbeth. All right, what's your what's your final say on it? Um, I think you should watch it, but mm-hmm. I think instead of waiting to watch the informational videos until mm-hmm. after, I think you should watch them first. Mm, okay. Because it probably would be helpful to you. Okay. You'd be less confused like I was. Yeah, I thought about giving you those videos. No, actually, I did give you those videos and say, like, watch it after. But I, I wanted you to come in, like, almost knowing nothing just to kind of come in it, like, fresh. Yeah, after. I think mostly I was just confused because, like, that part where Frances McDormand was talking about, like, her breast milk and eating babies and shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was told, I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> well, here's the funny thing. That was not in... That was not in Shakespeare at all. She just said she just she just went on this rant about her life. Yes, she it was in <laughs> I there. Know, I know. She's like, <laughs> "Fuck, I'm tired of this shit. We eat oh. these babies." And then also the videos will kind of go back and forth, and some of them will talk about literally chopping trees down and carrying them. Mm-hmm. And other interpretations are like, "No, they made sword, uh shields out of the yeah. trees." Yeah. So, um, you kind of uh, take that with with what you will. Yeah. Um, I like it better with the trees, to be honest. Than carrying the trees? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in Tragedy of Macbeth, they actually carry the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to be so disappointed yeah. because before that, you did tell me that it was shields. Yeah. And yeah, I was I like, re- oh, that's so fucking cheap. I hope they don't do that. Yeah, because I, like, I do remember like reading that and thinking, like, oh, they use shields. They use them as shields. That makes complete sense. And mm-hmm. I, But I'm picturing like literal shields and shit like that. Yeah. Which, in a way, like, in, in, in Tragedy of Macbeth, I think they... I, it, what we saw in Tragedy Macbeth, it was more of just to hide them mm-hmm. or to make sure that like... Like it's harder to get a... A, a clear shot. A clear shot with a bow and yeah. arrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like in Thorn of Blood, they kind of do the same. They kind of do the same thing, but in uh, varying degrees. Um, but cooler. Yeah, and it's more it's more <laughs> impactful too. And Where in in Tragedy Macbeth, it, it's, it's, a, it's a setup for a really cool shot where like leaves are just like blah, like blown through and stuff mm-hmm. and everything. But it's not like... It's, like traumatizing as the, as the character from Throne of Blood, which yeah. we'll get further into once we get to that section. Um, all right, is there anything else? Nope. All right, what we got next? Next, we are going to do our variety time. So everyone knows that the Omicron variant is. In the middle of a surge. I think I read something about, I don't know, the CDC maybe saying that next week, like, we haven't even peaked yet. And, like, next really? week is supposed to be, like, a really rough week for hospitals and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the middle of all of that, um, you know, we still have, like, film critics that are going out and watching movies. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, um, like, in... The, I forget what it's called. Press screenings? Press screenings, yes. Okay. They're doing press screenings, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't feel safe. Like, some people are like, yeah. this is fine. Other people are like, why? Yeah, there's 
um, I remember you came with me to the screening for The Last Duel. Um, did you come with me to another screening? I feel like you might have. I think I did, but I don't remember. Um, and like, like, like I myself, um, you know, get, I, I, I get invited to these press screenings and like, I remember going to see Eternals, uh, press screening for that, uh, press screening for like Kingsman uh, or the Kingsman. Um, and it's, it's funny because I remember, I remember going to these press screenings and like people were wearing masks, but like, obviously when they're eating, they're not wearing masks. Right. And there were some, there were some people the press who were just like, eh, I'm just not going to wear my mask or anything like that. The only time I really felt like unsafe was when um, I went to go see Eternals. And that's because the theater was packed. Mm. It was actually packed with the, with uh, press members and shit like that. And this is like before, I think this is before the Omicron like popped his head. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we wanted to talk about this because like, Kelsey, I said Omicron is, you said that it's, it's, the CDC says it hasn't even peaked yet, right? Right. And we're going to, like, Kelsey and I, we, we, we dedicated, like, what, maybe like a half hour talking about, like, yeah, we got Rona, this is what happened, all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff and shit like that. So, there was this really good article I found on the LA Times written by uh, Jin Yama, Yamamoto. Um, Yamato. Yeah, uh, Yamato. Yamato, excuse me. Um, the article is called uh, Despite Omicron Surge, Scream Will Only Screen in Theaters, Film Critics Weigh the Risks. Now, Scream came out as recently as Friday, so this article is uh, came out like last week. Um, so in the article, she writes that uh, record COVID rates, uh, COVID-19 rates have some journalists who cover Hollywood, especially those who are high risk or have family members, um, rethinking rethinking the riskiness of going to the movies um she got she grabbed a quote from a journalist and author uh richard newby uh freelance contributor to the hollywood reporter in fangoria and he had said uh, i would love to feel comfortable going to the movie theater uh but it's frustrating to have to think uh i can can i see this movie that i need to see for coverage and get and to get paid or am i putting my family at risk by going um so Here's the thing. It's not like it's not possible for these studios to stream these movies. Mm. It's totally possible. Like, um, I have a screener link ready to go for uh, the worst person in the world. Some studios will actually send you a packet of, like, DVDs with your name watermark on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually actually, something that happens. And there are tons of actual... uh, like, or thumb drives. Yeah. There's uh, actual press screening apps specifically for this. I know Disney has one. Um, like I saw like Jungle Cruise uh, through a streaming service. Um, there's one. It's literally called Screeners. And it like connects you to like Fox, HBO. Uh, I'm sorry, 20th Century, HBO, Warner Brothers and stuff like that. Right. But it's like, it's so funny because like the studios like like the playoff like, oh, this isn't possible. You know, or like you can only appreciate this on the big screen. Yeah, and some of these movies and aren't. It's like if it's Dune, yeah. Yeah, that's totally understandable. Yeah. Not Scream. Are you kidding? Yeah. Come yeah, on. Yeah, that's another thing. Exactly. Um, like for example, uh, the Kingsman. Right. I went to the uh, what's it called the. I don't think it's called the Chinese Theater now. I forget what's the name of the theater. The TCL. Yeah, yeah. It's called the TCL. Uh, it's called the TCL Chinese Theater now. Um. I went there because I, 
was I wanted to review the movie. For or is it the Grumman's? No, no, it's TCL. Okay. Um, that I wanted to re- I want to review the movie. Waste of fucking time. Anyway, but there wasn't a lot of people there. But still, like clearly, this is this is a studio. This is a wing of Disney because mm-hmm. it's Fox. Clearly, they could have gave me a screener link. Mm-hmm. And some of them, they just like you can ask, and they're like, "Oh, we're not giving those out." Like, what the fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the thing that we, we're trying to bring it around, that some of these journalists, they have to risk is like, well, if I don't do the screening, I don't get paid. Right. And that's like, like, that's like it, there's like no need to like have to ask you that, ask yourself that question. You know, if the, if the technology is there, like, why don't they do it? Right. Um, so the article continues, it says, uh, experts say vaccine and boosters effectively reduce severe illness. But the now dominant variant is also highly contagious, with testing labs reportedly backed up and rapid tests hard to find. I mean, this is like a true fact. This has been reported a bunch of times. Kelsey and I have, ex- have experienced this before. Uh, we're trying to get a, a test. Uh, excuse me. Trying to get a test from the store or trying to get like a test from like a location. Um so as as Kelsey says, um, some project some project Omicron will peak this month, um, and the in- entertainment industry has responded by canceling and postponing or adapting events, including award galas, movie releases, and festivals such as Sundance Festival, a film festival which pivoted to make its 2022 edition virtual this month for the second year in a row. So it's not like the studios are like becoming unaware of this. It's not like they're sticking their fingers in their ear and going la 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 and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like. We know it's there. It, it's like, is it really necessary to like put these journalists like in harm's way? It is if you if for their ego, the <sighs> ego of the studios. I I, I you've guess you gotta you've gotta watch this <laughs> on the big screen. Yeah. Um. So studios have already started moving a lot of films around, uh, especially out of January. Like for example, like Morbius got pushed out from January twenty eighth to April the first, which I believe. It's the seventh time it's been pushed. <laughs> um, ben Affleck's thriller Deep Water, uh, that was 20th Century Studios, is now going straight to Hulu. Uh, Universal shifted uh, Black Phone from February 4th to June. Um, and the only remaining one was Scream, mm-hmm. uh, which was released on Paramount. And it's not like it's Paramount. Paramount did this with uh, Halloween Kills. Mm-hmm. Day, day and day, they were like, all right, we'll just, you know... I know now. Of course, it's a studio. They gotta make their money, but it's kind of hard to make your money when people are like, "I don't want to go out <laughs> and, and get these tickets." Yeah, especially if it's like for Scream. And I guarantee you that movie bombed. Um, I don't know if it bombed. I think. Let's, I can't imagine that one doing well at all. Uh, let's see. It's totally fan service that it even exists. Uh, so let's see. Scream's box office. Uh, Scream made about thirty million dollars, um, which back then, not gonna lie, this would be considered a bomb. Mm-hmm. But now we're in time of of COVID, it's not considered a success. But how much did they spend making it? Um, let me see. Twenty five million to produce. Okay, so this makes money back. Um. A lot of people are already saying that, like, oh, it, well, it did. It it, it dethroned uh, Spider-Man, uh, uh, what's it called, No Way Home. 
Um, but, but only like that it's already been out for a few weeks. Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah, it's been out since like last year. Right. So it's, 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 trust me, it's made all its money back. So it's not like it dethroned it after like two weeks or something. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Um, and also, Spider Man made mm -hmm. so much money, like, it's like the third top grossing film ever. Yeah, exactly. Um, so despite acting red carpet premieres of, of a certain week, the studio has not made alternatives for in-person screening available to journalists, preferring that they view the film on a big screen with limited capacities, masking, and health questionnaires. Um, the article continues, press, radio, and junket screenings are set to proceed as planned following local COVID-19 guidance. However, um, in the state of Texas, totally voluntary to like to to for like vaccine questionnaires and all that kind of stuff to attend. But like the whole questionnaire thing is kind of stupid anyways, because mm-hmm. if you're doing it because you need to make money, mm-hmm. because this is your job, you're going to lie. Yeah, you're going to you're, most likely you're going to lie. You're going to take the chance. You're like, all right, I'm going to double mask it. You know, yeah, I've been double vaxxed. I've been my booster. I got my booster shot. But as this as has been shown and we've talked about it, Kelsey got Kelsey's double vaxxed. She got her booster shot. I'm double vaxxed. Got my booster shot. We still got we still got the Omicron. Yeah. And um, I would not be surprised if next month they're like, oh, there's a new, there's a new variant. It's already mutated. Yeah, because it's spread like wildfire, mm-hmm. this one. Yeah. Um, so a part of the article says, and while many uh, specialty, sorry, speciality distributors. Specialty. Thank you. Specialty distributors and streaming outlets will offer journalists options to view their releases at home. The strategy among larger studios remain more difficult to parse. Um Warner Brothers, which released its entire 2021 theatrical slate simultaneously in theaters and on HBO Max, frequently denied requests for screeners access during the second half of 2021, often citing filmmaker preference for theatrical screenings. Which is bullshit. <laughs> that last statement is... I've been through that. I When Warner Brothers was releasing Mortal Kombat, Godzilla, make like all this kind of shit, mm-hmm. I would hit them up. Can I get a screening? Can I get a screening? Can I get a screening? Like, I know you guys can get a streaming. Oh, we couldn't. We 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 couldn't fill your request. Oh, I'm sorry. We couldn't do it. We, we can't fill my fucking request. Just send me the fucking link. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. I was actually surprised that they sent me. They allowed me to attend a screening for the Matrix Revolution. I mean, um, Matrix Resurrections. Um, and I believe if I remember correctly, uh, people were in masks. But they weren't checking for. Oh no, I take that back. They were they were checking back. You did you had to have your vaccine cards. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to do that, but they were not. Um, were they? I think they were. I think they were pretty strict on the mask, if I remember correctly. They were at the last duel too, but then mm-hmm. they didn't enforce it for shit because I saw a lady in the center section off to our left, mm-hmm. not wearing her mask over her nose. Yeah, and I and I believe that was at that was at a time where the Omicron hadn't really picked. Like we, there was no Omicron at all. But everybody was like, "Oh, we beat the we beat the virus. Mm. We totally won, totally yeah. won." Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean that's and when Kelsey and I got when we got sick, that's where we kind of looked and was like, "Yeah, let's just not do these. Let's not go to the movies for like a, a good while now." Yeah, even though we probably could and be safer because we got it. Yeah, but I mean. Like my 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 kid's mom got it twice. Yeah. 
my girlfriend's ex-husband, he got it twice. <laughs> so, you know, maybe three times a charm, right? to do our geriatric cinematic of Akira Kurosawa's Throne of Blood. This is a movie about a woman who is queen mm. and refuses to wear feminine hygiene products. <sighs> Jesus. Why? <laughs> why, God? Why? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, the synopsis is a war-hardened general egged on by his ambitious wife works to fulfill a prophecy that he would become lord of Spider's Web Castle. That's think, not Spider's Web. It was like... No, it's Spiderweb's Castle. Okay. But I just think that name is so much cooler. I thought it was like the the um, Forest Castle or some shit. Uh, no, no, no. That's the spot that uh, his friend Miki was holding. He was at the Forest Castle. Oh. Yeah. There's so many fucking castles in Japanese history. Yeah. Castles with all the rave. Castle. <laughs> Castle. I don't know why I'm trying to make a song about that. Directed by Akira Kurosawa. I'm going to forget Mark exists entirely right now. Okay. <laughs> Written by Akira Kurosawa, uh, Shinobu Hashimoto, and Rozu Kikushima. Uh, stars a bunch of people. Uh, Toshiro Mifune, uh, Isuza Yamada, uh, Minoru Chiaki, Chiaki Akira Kubo. Uh, Takamaru Sasaki, Hiroshi, Hiroshi Tachikawa, and uh, Takashi Shimura. Yeah, there we go. I just uh, don't that first. I don't like the weird symbols above the letters. They always throw me off. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're talking to you're talking to somebody who can't even speak correctly at all. <laughs> I also just when it when it's like cultural names, I don't even want to try. Yeah, and you wouldn't know who they are anyway. Nah, I get you. Um, yeah, it's called. Uh, yeah, it's called Lord of. Sp- yeah, it's called Spider's Web Castle. That is it. Um, okay, so Throne of Blood. You see how I didn't say Thorn? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Throne of Blood. Good um, job. <laughs> Proud of you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually I I've never seen this uh, Kurosawa film. Um, I did. I, I remember hearing a long time ago that he did do a. A movie based off a Shakespearean play, and I thought it was Rand because it's based off of King Lear. Um, 
And then I I kept hearing about Throne of Blood and how it's about Macbeth. Throne of Blood. I know. Fuck. I fucked it up. (laughs) Fucked it up. Throne of Blood. Throne of Blood. Um, Spiderwebs. Forest. Okay. All right. Um, so it's, it's funny cause I remember I, last week I was like, damn, we're doing another Kurosawa film and it just, it, it just happens to just sit well with what we're just doing next. We're like, let's, let's do another Kurosawa film. Let's just see what he can do with this material and shit like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll have to say, I, I, I thought this movie was fucking great. Mm-hmm. I really like Throne of Blood. Um, it's not as great as Ran. Because I know you and I talked about Rand. We're like, holy shit, this movie's like awesome. You know, like everything that was going on with Rand. Um, but with uh, Throne of Blood, um, this is like during the uh, his earlier years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what place it is in terms of, of if it's like what which movie, which number this movie was. Um, or is, sorry. Um but like I said, it's it's Kurosawa. I thought this movie was fucking phenomenal. Um, really like the intimate nature of it. I really like the mysticism of it. Um, but no one gives a shit about my opinion. It just matters. What, what does Kelsey think? Um, I like the cinematography. Mm-hmm. Not definitely not as much as Ran, but uh, with them and towards the beginning with the horses getting lost in the fog. Mm-hmm. And also when you're tracking them through the forest and the trees in the foreground are blurry, but you can still see them through the trees. Yeah. Um, those are two of my favorite shots from the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Akira Kurosawa's um, portrayal of Lady Macbeth is very harsh. Mm-hmm. Like she's like they should have gone back in time and killed her like everyone talks about doing to hitler okay that's how bad like how she's portrayed yeah and like i don't think that they're like they're supposed to be in league Mm -hmm. Macbeth and lady Macbeth. right yeah she's the one who like pushes him to like she, you know, she's the one who pushes him for like greater things and stuff like that. But he does it, and also like kind of owns his part in it. Mm-hmm. But in in this version of it, it's like she pushes him really hard, and he's kind of a pussy. And so yeah. he doesn't really take a lot of uh, credit for what happened mm-hmm. or like any fault for it yeah. in his own mind. He does, but it like drives him kind of crazy. Yeah. But he still isn't very manly about it, I guess. Mm. And she's so evil. I kind of was like, dude, this guy's like an asshole, like in real life. Oh, Kurosawa? Yeah, like towards because, women? Yeah, towards women, because mm. this the same character is in Rand. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see the correlation between the two. Um, yeah, because even... Um, even in like Tragedy of Macbeth, Tragedy of McDormand's character didn't go like as hard as um, as Lady, uh, what's her name, Lady Sashuzu, Wash Wash, Washizu, Washizu, Lady Washizu, who's who's in translation is Lady Macbeth. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's almost like to like a nagging sense. It's not even just nagging. It's basically mm-hmm. like. 
almost like a sub and dom type relationship i swear mm, okay. like like he's the sub and she's the dom and she's yeah, just he's, like uh, yeah he's like you're a piece of shit yeah you're not a man because you're not doing this blah 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 and, mm. and he's like okay i guess i better <laughs> I know. you know but like in the actual story like and especially with how it's portrayed mm-hmm. um in the recent version of it like yeah. they're a couple that are plotting together yeah yeah which to me is a little bit better because it's like I mean, I'm, I just don't see, I, like, it irritates me. Yeah. I'm like, no woman has any, that much control over a man, <laughs> unless they want to be controlled that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, so pretty much uh, the Macbeth in this version is the power bottom. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, so yeah, like, I, I, agree, I agree with you uh, with with that uh, assessment of Lady Macbeth. Um but, but I, it doesn't bother you as much. It doesn't bother me as much because I think like when we see her like t- when we see her like driving into madness, it's it comes it seems like it comes a bit harder um, than we saw in tragedy of of Macbeth. Um, I like, disagree, but continue. You disagree? Mm-hmm. Well, you're wrong. I'm right. <laughs> um, the reason why I think it's it, it hits her a bit harder is um, like the part where um, where she's like washing her hands. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like. She's almost in this weird hypnotic state and shit like that when she's like washing her hands and when she's like just kind of going at it and stuff like that. Um, and I think maybe maybe it's because like it's the set design or it's like how they did the makeup or something like that where as she goes further and further madness, you just you can see it really resonate with her uh, how she's just like losing her fucking mind. Um, unfortunately, like in this one, we don't see her like commit suicide or like questionable if it's suicide or not and everything. It's just like she kind of just like loses it and then she's like gone but that's what i'm saying so mm-hmm. the reason why i don't feel like this one went as hard as the recent lady Macbeth mm-hmm. is because she wasn't losing her mind and then all of a sudden she was in one scene and mm-hmm. then she died in childbirth yeah that's it and then she was gone I, I <laughs> like think, okay so, so you that, didn't that, spend that, enough time with her yeah. in the down in the downfall mm-hmm. whereas in the recent one you do kind of spend some time with her mm-hmm. And so you see. Yeah, I, I agree with you with that. The, and and I, this is going to kind of give the, the ammunition that you said about how Kurosawa, he must not like women or, you know, there's, there's no, there's no like, there's no records, uh, at least in my mind of any of that. It's just like an assessment. Um, but like <laughs> how, like how you said, like she like is, con- she has her faculties and then she loses her mind and then she dies in childbirth. And I think that's like a, a, a d- the director's choice to show how like insignificant that she actually is. Yeah, because the story basically only follows um, Takatoki Washizu, which yeah. is the Macbeth character, yeah. and it's like very male centric. Yeah, and, but I think I think like I think it's done purposely because it's like throw her out the, like this is how much of a trash she is let's throw her oh, out the you're trash thinking like like she's so evil that i don't want to fucking see her anymore yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly that's what i was getting at. exactly <laughs> um i i do there's a so to, so to go like i like because I, I remember kelsey had said like this this story especially in throwing blood it's a bit um uh, the plot is a bit thinner um and, you know, as opposed to, like, Ram, where it was, like, meaty, had, like, all these characters and stuff like that. And I agree that, like, the plot is thinner, but I think, like, I think that kind of gives, that gives the ability 
for us to like watch the movie and just marvel at like the cinematography and the way how it's like shot and stuff like that um there are times where it looks like it's literally shot on a on a stage mm-hmm. um with like some of the sets and stuff like that um but it like when we get out of those and it like ramps up with like with the witch um uh, with the main character like dealing with the witches and stuff like that mm-hmm. i think it looks fucking phenomenal like the part where he like goes back into the woods to try to get a premonition and shit like that and they it's like this like thunderstorm and rain and everything like that and he like fires an arrow at the tree and stuff like that and the tree's like laughing ha ha and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. it just adds to the atmosphere of like this dude is slowly just like losing his fucking mind yeah and he's like trying to hold him the power so much that he's gonna shoot an arrow at a fucking tree <laughs> to find out what's going on um i also kind of think that mm-hmm. this version of the story shows he didn't have a lot of remorse for killing um the oh his friend uh mickey no um i think that bothered him a lot oh yeah okay the the guy who was the king Oh, uh... Takamaru Sasaki? Y- yeah, yeah. The, uh, his character's name is... Kuniharu Suzuki. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He didn't really have any remorse for that. Yeah, you don't even see, like, the murder happening. He, like, come, he like goes into the room with a spear of all... Like, a huge-ass spear. Like, like if he wants to stab him from a distance, like... Yeah! <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> Like, I'm not really killing you because I'm too far away. I know, right? Hey, I'm not touching you, not touching you. <laughs> um, yeah, you like, you don't see that happening. And yeah, like, like Kelsey has said, it's his friend Mickey. That's the one that, like, it hits him harder, mm-hmm. you know? But I, I feel like, like, the, the actual Macbeth story, mm-hmm. he has remorse because he knows it was wrong. Yeah. But this one, it's almost like he's just paranoid that he's going to get caught. And that's what's driving him insane. It's not that he's sad or he knows he did something wrong and he wishes he could change it. Yeah. He's just like, I'm paranoid as fuck, so I'm going to die. Yeah. And it's almost like he's trying to like, uh, especially towards the end when he's like telling his men that like, oh, I I know we're not going to lose because the force isn't coming towards us. um, So this is how I know we're going to win. And it's almost like he's. It's almost like that, you know, it's that thing that you do, like, that well, that people do, where, like, they're trying to reason with themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to get fired. I'm not going to get fired. You know, because if I get fired, I, I would have got fired last week because I did this, this, and this, and everything <laughs> like that. And he's doing that, but he's doing that, like, in a large crowd, where, like, he's, like, looking for the approval of his men. Like, yeah, you agree with me, right? And they're like, yeah, we agree with you. King, just don't kill us. <laughs> <laughs> um... I also kind of thought that their helmets were distracting mm-hmm. because they had symbols on them that were totally like, what's the word? Not inaccurate, but they're like, they just like, they had no reason. Like they, they weren't, oh, practical uh-huh. for being in battle. I mean, that, that's how that's how a lot of armor was in like feudal Japan. Like I know there's one that's like the giant moon. Uh-huh. That's on that. That's honestly that's how it was in history. They, was it really? Yeah, it's like a symbolized. I don't remember. I don't exactly remember what it symbolizes, but you know, just take it what you will. What the moon means, maybe it'll protect you. Maybe it gives you power or something like that, and you mm. go in the battle. But it's very huge. So I'm just like, yes, that's kinda, correct. And then also the the back part of the helmet, which I know is actually really mm. from history. Mm-hmm. 
but just remind me of the Daleks. <laughs> the neck protector part. Oh my god, <laughs> that's where they got it from. They're like, we saw aliens. Shit, let's put this. Let's put this on her on our armor. Yeah. Um. I. It, it, it's funny, like, Kelsey and I were talking about this movie yesterday, and I was, like, marveling at, like, the arrows. Just the arrows being oh. shot, right? We kind of disagree. We agree on the technicality part of it, uh-huh. but I think we disagree on how it was shot. <laughs> well, what did, what did you... What, did, what was your theory on how it was shot? I just didn't... I thought it was stupid because it went on for too long, oh, right? Oh, okay. So okay. they're, like, not... They're kind of hitting him with an arrow or two, but mm. most of them are behind, like in front of him. Every time he turns, mm. they would shoot more arrows, and he'd stop in his tracks and turn another way. Uh. And it just seemed to go on for five minutes. And I know it wasn't yeah. five minutes, but it felt like yeah, five minutes. Like and it, I'm yeah. like, why the fuck are they doing this? I think the reason why he did this is because it was so fucking cool. He had to keep it doing. It. <laughs> <laughs> he had to keep doing it, like so. Like, let's do this because, like, it. It it to me it it looked amazing and it was, it's funny because before we started recording a video popped up on YouTube where um, I didn't catch the cat's name but he's actually like explaining how they got it done like mm. I actually wish that I watched it so I can you know tell it on the pod um, but <laughs> there's a part of me that mm. thinks that every time because he is really good at making things look really realistic. Mm. So every time someone's getting stabbed with a sword or a spear mm. or an arrow goes into their leg or their chest, mm. I'm like sitting here. I know it's probably a little racist, but I'm like, they probably just killed those people anyway. Like, yeah, ah, whatever. Not far, not far off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I will say one of the horses, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they have any issues with like animal rights because one of the horses, you can see his ribs. Oh really? Yeah. Well, even yeah. in black and white, you can see the fucking ribs. I mean, not that's. I mean that that goes that goes that doesn't even just go just to like uh, like Asian cinema. That's been a problem even with with early American? days of cinema. Yeah, mm-hmm. with American cinema, because like even there was as no- recently as um, a dog's journey or some shit. Oh yeah, that yeah, movie, yeah. Like everyone was like pissed off about it. Yeah, there's. I mean, like. Now, now we have so many laws and like practices to try to like make sure that the animals' rights are protected, that um, people, the people on the sets, their rights and their safety is protected. You know, unfortunately, there are times where it doesn't work out as well, like um, like what happened on the, the set of Rust. Um, but yeah, even like that's the thing. Like back then, in the early days of cinema, they were like, you know. There's like no other way to get around it. We, you know, we want to get this particular shot. We have to do this kind of stuff. Like, Buster Keaton is a clear example of like a director who, who would literally put his life on the line for like these incredible fucking shots, that in no way could be done now because mm-hmm. there's too much safety regulations, too much insurance that has to be involved in everything. And it's rightfully so. Um, but yeah, like, uh, like I, I'm, I'm very curious in like how, and Throne of Blood where. These people were getting shot with arrows, and it was just like, like, how did they get the measurements right to like the pressure or like the pull right to like shoot it to it connects, but not like go right through your ribs or some shit like that? Because mm-hmm. there are plenty of people who get shot in the leg and the arm. They're like, Hugh! just like knock it off, and it's like, I don't know. Like, I I have, a, I have a feeling that maybe they they made the armor out of foam, so mm-hmm. it would like catch it or some shit like that. I swear I saw. I know it's gonna sound stupid. Mm. I might be getting two things confused again. Okay. But no, it's not Cars 2. No. <laughs> There's something that came out. I swear they they covered it in like Wishbone. 
Okay. Remember that show? Uh, show called Wishbone. Uh, I swear it was like a PBS show. I remember. Oh, okay. It's a little Jack Russell Terrier. Yeah. That yeah. goes through like historical oh, yeah, yeah, periods yeah. and it basically teaches you about history. Oh, it's so cute. He looks like Sherlock Holmes. Anyway, go on. <laughs> I think they had an episode where they were talking about like how how they would like make scenes look real like with guns and stuff okay um but i don't know if i don't know if that's real or not i know i saw something but i don't know if it was actually wishbone Mm. um let me see so i found this article from the criterion collection it goes shooting the arrows and throne of blood um so it goes into the it goes into oh yeah i said there's a video where let me see uh, it's impossible to watch the unforgettable climax of Akira Kurosawa's Throne of Blood and wonder how they do that. Uh, in the scene where uh, Toshira Mufuni's uh, Ruthless Empire, oh, sorry, Ruthless Warrior modeled uh, on Shakespeare and Macbeth, um, finally gets his comeuppance in the form of, shower of, of a shower of arrows. Some narrowly miss him, others well do not. To get some insight into how Kurosawa, Kurosawa his crew, and of course Mufuni accomplished this, check. Uh, check out the short clip and it explains it um it doesn't say let me see in the in it the film set uh decorator and prop master uh koichi hamamura fills it fills us in some of the tricks of the trade and he says yes those were real arrows (laughs) oh my god we're gonna watch this uh after but I'll, i'll i'll link in the show notes um in case you folks want to like check it out um damn they were real arrows holy shit (laughs) <laughs> holy shit um what else i want to mention oh um the to me like one of the best shots of the whole fucking movie um is where uh this version of Macbeth sees the trees moving mm-hmm. right and i thought like when, when they first showed it because they had these trees and it's like in this mist and fog and stuff like that i thought they're going to do something where like the camera not the camera but the trees are just moving like waving back and forth mm-hmm. and the actor's just like oh my god the trees are moving holy shit you know just kind of like that right mm-hmm. but you literally start seeing the trees move like yeah. walking down like coming down and i remember thinking like holy fuck how do they do that that's so fucking dope it was really calming for me, though, because it was, it was like, yeah. it was like watching tall, you know, grass, you know, like hay or whatever. Oh, like moving in the moving wind. Moving in the wind. Yeah. See, it's calming for you. For this character, he's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to die. I know. <laughs> um, and the, what, what's, what's, what is it? Uh, what's it called? Uh, Occam's Razor? The simplest explanation? No, the, the most complicated uh, explanation is the simplest one or something like that. Oh, no, it's the best explanation is the simplest one. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I'm thinking, like, how the fuck they do that? And then they show, they were just carrying the trees. They are just carrying I'm like, well, duh. (laughs) I don't think that footage was them carrying trees. I think it was. You think so? Yeah, I think it was. Because there were too many. Well, that's... I think it was more like a... He probably had a camera up on top of like a mountain or something and could get like swaying trees in the mm. wind. I don't think it w- they were really carrying the trees and getting that footage. Um, I think it was. Let me see. Let me see if I can find it. 
Um, maybe I can find an explanation of that of that scene. To me, yeah, I, I honestly I'm surprised think, you didn't find more in the trivia. The trivia is very is very um, it's very thin. Like one of the one of the things about the trivia was that the fact that uh, Kurosawa actually wanted to get uh, Hiroshi Hondo to direct it. His most famous piece of work is Godzilla. Okay. So I thought that was I thought that would have been pretty fucking interesting to have uh, that director uh, do the movie. I don't. That's the thing. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, trivia on it uh, via IMDb. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Kelsey just filled the time when I'm trying to find this. Sorry, one of the cats is snoring mm-hmm. and it's distracting me. Mm, mm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and the guy's name is Ishiro Honda. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. The cat is snoring. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. So, arrows. The famous arrow scene near the end was, in fact, it was real arrows. That is, the arrows hitting the wooden planks were not one, not done with special effects, but rather choreographed with archers. Um, Taroshi Mifuni waves his arms to brush away the arrows sticking from his from the planks indicating to them that he wanted to go in a particular direction the real arrows were included to get mifuni's facial expression a real life fear which is exceptionally hard to imitate of course the arrows that hit mifuni's character were oh they were bamboo fakes oh okay yeah so they were just like 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 they wouldn't really connect so hard um they could still fucking kill you yeah, I guess if if you're if you're if it's done at the right angle, uh, those real arrows being fired from Funi at the end of the day, okay, they were they were hollowed out and run along wires to ensure that they hit their target. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It says if you watch carefully, you can see Mafuni brushing the wires and the arrows off. So it's a, like just that, like the the amount of choreography, like hand signaling, like I'm going this way, I'm going this way, and shit like that, mm-hmm. just so you can make. Like that, this this so you can make sure the arrows miss you because the ones connecting the wood, those are the real ones. If he was off or anybody was off, he would have died. He, yeah, riddled with arrows. <laughs> um, which is just kind of goes into like the fucking masterful direction of Kurosawa and like planning this shit. I bet also, you also like terrifying. Like you should yeah. never do that. Yeah, like it, like the article for the for the for the Criterion Collection, the 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 picture that they use is 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 a uh, Toshiro Mufuni like just like in complete terror. <laughs> and it's valid. It's valid. Yeah. Um, okay, before we head into you know our closing and everything, um, I wanted to have a quick discussion with Kelsey about um, our thoughts on Macbeth. Um, now, there's there's many ways to interpret Macbeth, um, how you break it down, what it means and everything like that. But one of the key factors of what makes Beth, Macbeth so uh, still like culture relevant to this day is the idea of faith ver- fate versus free will. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are people who, t- scholars and classes and you know books and videos discussing whether is it fate that what happened to Macbeth or is it his own doing that caused what happened to him you know uh like for example like the witches the witches tell him they're like oh you're gonna take over you 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 are you will be the king of this castle and then you'll be uh you'll be head of this castle and then you'll be the king of this castle but they never say you're gonna kill the king 
Mm-hmm. This is what's going to happen. Like yeah. that, right? So he takes it upon himself to do this. So um, I'm of the belief that... I'm of the belief that it's free will. That he caused this whole thing to happen to himself. He just got... He just, it, it just, It's just that little bit of knowledge of like, oh, I can do this. And then he goes and, he goes and does it. I'm going to agree with you, but mm. I think that there are a couple of interpretations of the word fate. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you could say like a person's fate is like everything is written mm-hmm. before you even do it. But yeah. You could also say someone's fate is based upon their social circumstance or their cultural circumstance. Okay. Right? Okay. Even though like people crawl out of that shit, right? But like. Yeah. The whole, in the videos that you um, had me watch afterwards, mm-hmm. in the culture of the time that this was written, men were expected to be men. Yeah. And brave and, like, pretty kind of heartless. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of feel like that's almost like it's your fate to be ruthless in that way yeah yeah okay i can see that even though i mean technically it is still free will but Mm -hmm. also like your interpretation of it is going to be based upon what Mm. your life experience is at that time yeah especially like of that time because there is um there there has been plenty of evidence that show that like the story of Macbeth is steeped in reality mm-hmm. um but of uh, and of that time you had to be in a way you kind of had to be ruthless to survive mm-hmm. you know um they they don't really sh- they didn't really cover this in the tragedy of Macbeth or even throne of blood um but in the books Macbeth is kind of sort he is kind of ruthless to begin with mm-hmm. um like in in one of the videos that we saw the guy goes over like, yeah, like uh, Macbeth, like cut a dude's head off. He cut his head off and put it on a spike. Mm-hmm. Now that kind of gives you an idea of like, is he brave or he's just a fucking psycho and he's hiding behind like this veil of bravery, you know, to kind of be to be this scene as his hero, you know. I, I get what you're saying too because usually when people do shit like that, they are psychopaths. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they can't feel anything and they just do shit because they think that's what they're supposed to do or they want to do. Yeah. Um and he not in this version, but <laughs> in other version. No, wait, this version he did feel bad about killing the king. So the tragedy of Macbeth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like you don't get from him that he's a psychopath. Yeah, that he's just he's just a warrior doing a thing for his for his kingdom and his there's an opportunity and his wife just like nudges nudges him and goes, Hey, like you can do this. I yeah. know you can. Yeah. Um, that's the support we all want and need from our spouse, right? Uh go out and murder No, hey, to- you could do this. Even if it is to murder someone. Yeah, I'll totally do it. <laughs> totally do it. <laughs> Who? I'll let Kelsey design. <laughs> Kill the guy seven eleven. Okay. <laughs> nah. 7-Eleven workers are hard workers, and they put up with a lot of shit. Yeah, they're kind of dead on the inside anyway. Yeah. Those poor guys. <laughs> and ladies. <laughs> Don't want to exclude. Um, yeah, I mean, and I and, I, and like I said, even like when he, like, it's, 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 it's like that thing of like knowledge. Like, it, it matters what you do with that knowledge, 
you know, um, you know, Macbeth could have took the he could take the information he had from the witches and was just like okay and just kind of just went off of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though, even though the witch, uh, the witches tell him like, oh, you're going to be the king of this particular castle or the leader of this particular castle, and he does right. Granted, when it happens, he's earned that right because the king, King Duncan, is just like, all right. You're going to be the head of this castle. Yeah, like I misplaced my trust in that other person, so I should have seen this all along. Yeah, exactly. Like, I trust you. Yeah, and he he could have just took that and was like, okay, that's cool. Like, that did happen. I'm going to leave it like that. Yeah. And it's just like, "Mm, okay, no, I'm going to to be king now. You know, it's the ambition that that he gets to that kind of, it's his free will that pushes that ambition to, like, become something greater. Unfortunately, like, you know having a pile of bodies to do it is not the way to go yeah for some people even in a society where you know building your mountains out of bodies is totally acceptable it was yeah, not that, that's in that case that's how that's how some of the hollywood industry that's just how capitalism is yeah in general yeah um what did uh i'm remembering this line from the watchman uh from watchman so great it says um, when it it's when Rorschach is talking to Doctor Manhattan and doc, they they have the whole reveal of what Ozymandias had planned to, or what he had done, and Doctor uh, Rorschach's going to take off and he's going to reveal everything. Doctor Manhattan's like, no, like you're not going to do this. And then Rorschach's like, all right, you're going to have to kill me to do it. And obviously Manhattan's like, all right, this is going to happen. And Rorschach says, he said, um, what's more, what's one more. What's one more body stacked on top a mountain of them? Mm. And it's kind of like, I mean, I'm, I, I could be having it wrong, but kind of get the idea of it. It's like, what levels do you go to to get where you where you want to get? And how much your soul is just eating away at that, you know? Mm. It's like hard how, to see. It's hard to see the line when their bodies are laying on top of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck yeah, exactly. Exactly. And how Macbeth is like, all right, I have to kill this person to get what I, get what I have to get. Um, all right, but now I gotta kill these guards. All right, uh, but now I gotta go kill my friend. Now I gotta kill my friend's son. Now I gotta kill Macduff. Or now I gotta kill his family. Mm-hmm. It, it's like he gets to the point where he's just like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna, I have to do it." Like it's just gonna happen now, and he, and that's how his soul is just more and more eaten away. Where he becomes more and more ruthless. Yeah, as the story progresses, and then how Lady Macbeth kind of like, I more than likely see the error of her ways and lose her fucking mind yeah. at the same time. Um, do you have anything to add on to this, or are you just? No, I think that's it. Um. Okay. Yeah. So I say free will. Kelsey, you say free will as well, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. With a little, a little asterisk. A little, little asterisk. A little bit of fate in there, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um. Yeah, I'll go with that too. Yeah. I'll go ahead. I'll, you know, I don't like. Um. You know, I got a copy off of off of your homework, so I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So is that going to be it? Oh, sorry. One more thing. Throwing a blood. All right. So, do you think throwing a blood uh, holds up? No. 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 I think it does. I think I think the whole female portrayal is really fucking problematic. That is dated. I will admit. And, it is very dated. Um, some of it's really slow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is just. I, I know it came before Rand, but Rand did mm. it much better and more like... Yeah, Rand, he's, he more perfected his craft. Yeah. And um, 
I think you should watch it definitely for cinematography purposes. Mm. But I, I don't. I didn't. Wasn't totally entertained by this film. Um, so I I will say along with Kelsey, yeah, you definitely should watch it for the way how it's shot. But I think another reason is to watch it is just to see how this um, story of Macbeth, which is a Scottish story, how it's adapted in a different culture and how it's shown in a different light, you know, different interpretations of the characters, um, you know, and to kind of compare and contrast and stuff like that. I, I, I always enjoy, no, I, I always do enjoy watching something that's being adapted in a different culture because I want to see what they, what they thought of it, you know. Um, I, I do agree with that. Mm. Uh, you know, also seeing it to see how it was adapted for another culture. Yeah. I still wasn't very entertained by it. <sighs> well, that's just your problem then. I will say I was entertained. Not fully because I, I did fall asleep while watching it. But mind you, I think it was like 9.30 at night I watched it and I was already feeling tired. Which shows how old I'm getting. Yeah. But if I was uh, wide awake, I probably would have... It's it's definitely not up there. Like I said, it's it's a great film for me, but it's still not up there with like Seven Samurai or like even like Ran or Rashomon or stuff like that. Like those are great. Those are really great Kurosawa films that I can see rewatching. Throne of Blood. I've watched it once. I would probably watch it again, just kind of get another feel of it, and then probably just be done with it. Mm. So. I would not watch it again. Or you're gonna have to. Like when we get done recording, you're gonna watch it. Again. No, you lost your chance. You could have watched it with me, but you lost your chance. Oh, I'm here with you now. We can watch it together. No. I don't fear. We have euphoria. Oh, yeah, that's right. Fuck yeah. Anything else? No. All right. <laughs> All right, so that's going to be our show for this week. Um, we would like to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, we would especially like to thanks, thank the folks at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their website. Um a website where our lovely co-host Kelsey writes for. Uh, you can find all your film news, TV news, and reviews at yourentertainmentcorner.com. Uh, you can find this podcast on all all the podcast catchers. Um, Jeff Bezos listening to us. Why do I say that? Because we're on Amazon. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're going to want to join us for next week's show. Uh, we will be reviewing George Clooney's latest film, the Tender Bar, which is currently streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, and with that, our geriatric cinematic will be uh, The Virgin Suicides, which came out 97, maybe? Is it 97? 99. I was off by two years. Damn it! <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're going <laughs> to. That's our geriatric cinematic, The Virgin Suicides, uh, 1999's uh, film. Um, that is streaming on the Criterion Collection, sorry, the Criterion Channel, Paramount Plus, or is available to rent on Amazon, Apple TV, YouTube TV, or other VOD services. Um, the topic for that week, uh, adolescence can be a bitch sometimes. You know why that movie came out in 99, right? Because of Y2K? Yeah, because the virgins all wanted to kill themselves Mm -hmm. before Y2K. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they knew that Berserk was actually a prophecy. And they didn't want the demons to come and violate them. So they're like, okay, we're going to die now.